Welcome to the Pleasure Temple, everybody. Woo. Again, once again, adventures <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> like I tell you shit for real. When I call that shit in, I call it in. Like it don't it, and it does not stop. So anyway, um today's topic is interracial dating and marriage. Like, woo. Mm, mm, mm. Let's start. I, <laughs> I for one, like I, I don't know. I guess I have to start because you know I've been dating interracially since I started dating. Well, honestly, um, growing up in Calabasas and in Pasadena and Altadena and all of those places, like in Southern California, like you have options. <laughs> you have all the options, and but I think mainly what drove me to dating interracially was being sexually assaulted by black men and so like it's not that I hate black men but also black men don't have a really great track record in my life so my father my brother like my cousins you know what I mean and so you know the emotional abuse the emotional abandonment the that like it when we are talking about um our first ex our first shh, the foundations that get laid for future relationships like it didn't start off strong for me so uh it was always known for me that okay I have been perpetually disappointed by black men and for the longest time, I didn't even think Black men actually liked me at all. I want to interject really quickly. You said mm -hmm. something very, 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 very important for people who have children, particularly men. Understand what she's saying. My foundational relationships with Black men. The immediacy of Black men in our lives that mm -hmm. lay the building blocks of our understanding and foundational development in connection to other men as we grow up. If y'all miss the blocks, if you miss the building blocks, or if you, for the lack of a better word, fuck them up, you do not lean or leave a positive example to pull right. from. Right. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> That's well, what I mean. <laughs> that I, I mean shit I couldn't have said it any better myself but like that's that's really just it and um those things are directly related those things are directly related and I can't like I couldn't um separate those two things in my mind so you know the when it came to like you know actually going out and doing some dating I dated a black guy once and then he was trying to get married like right away and I was like mm -mm, we're not doing that no, thank you, please. And we didn't, we, we barely knew each other. And, you know, it, it, uh, and also it was more of like a, a kind of an expectation too of others that we knew. <laughs> so, you know, our parents knew each other and it was like, oh, this is a good one for you. You should get her. So it was like I was on the market. <laughs> no no nobody but you know that was after high school but all during high school I 
dated either Asian or white or Hispanic, um, Mexican, you know, um, which for me, like, I got a lot of shit for that by Black people, mainly Black men. And I'm like, listen, I've never been assaulted by any of these men. So, you know, like, I can't, I can't help it that you're offended that this is what I like and what I enjoy and who enjoys me, you know? So why don't y'all go ahead and get out our business? Cause that's free. My family, oh, y'all, you know, my brother uh, also dated interracially and my mom, after a while, she started dating interracially as well. Um, so oh, y'all don't, y'all don't date black people, do you? Uh, it's not about not dating black people. It's, it's also about um, bringing in culture and the cultural exchange and the joy <laughs> of not being limited, you know, not that being part. limited. Like I also like, cause I reciprocate, For but me, if I'm not being little... pursued by black men, then what, what, what difference does it make? There you have it. My, my experience is a little different. Um, I was the daddy's girl. However, I do have abandonment issues. He died when I was six. Um, <clears throat> and just, you know, if you are a Black woman um, and you grew up and were happened to be an avid reader, like I was, you know, you're then, you know, shoved off to the nerd category, even though I was full in adulthood before I realized looking back all my adolescent high school years that I probably indeed was a nerd, but whatever. Um, but all my friends, I mean, I hung with a popular crew or whatever, but, you know, I was never checked for like that by black men, like the black guys growing up, like it just, they weren't checking for me. And it was just like, okay. Um, even the older I got, same thing, you know, and, um, yeah, for a while, I just, after I had my daughter, lost my mom, um, just really went into self and was celibate for some years. Um, and then when jumping back into the dating game, but even during that time, I've never had an issue with interracial dating. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. You saw it all the time. My brother did not discriminate amongst the women that he dated. Um, so it was right there for me, you know, um, and then I moved to the South and it was a shock when I moved to Birmingham to see how they were still making strides to accept interracial. And it's just like, whoa, like we've been did this. Like, so they were a little slow behind, you know, hearing stories of looks people would get when they would go out <laughs> with someone from a different race. Um, just, yeah, I hadn't experienced that. Um, and when I did decide to start dating again, um, I had my first experience dating a white guy and it was a great date. It was a really great date. Um, no flaws with it. I can't complain about it. Things didn't work out, but it was a great human experience. Okay. I am an <laughs> avid believer of love. <laughs> regardless yeah. of what shade hue color it comes in 
I yeah. am not, you know, and I grew up, I was so such a proponent of black love, tall, dark, and handsome. That's what I wanted. And mm. tall, dark, and handsome just wasn't checking for me, which is fine. And now I'm just an avid believer of love. It does not matter how it comes to you, what gender it comes to you in, the hue it comes to you in. Love is love. Love is a beautiful thing. The reciprocity of love is so beautiful. And um, I grew up in the dead South, you know, South of Georgia, rural South of Georgia. Um, there were a few in, interracial couples, but not necessarily like in your face, like when I was growing up. But I, I just remember the incident when one of the um, secretaries in high school start dating the band director. Band director is white, secretary in high school is black. Oh. And this cat, baby, <laughs> it was the talk of the town. Right, that's why I'm over here like, mm, I already know. <laughs> I remember in high school, like a white guy was liking me, but he would only call me at my grandma's. I was like, nobody like because I was the nerd I was the plus size the chubby girl but I was a nerd but for all of his purposes I was in like the college prep classes so I was in that upper echelon I guess and I can also say that education can be kind of classes a little bit you have your college preparatory classes that cohort group of kids that pretty much got grouped together probably in middle school we're just gonna we rolled on out from middle school all the way out to high school and then you have the generals and then you have you know vocational tests whatever all of that so those kids just grouped together I was just a handful of black kids in that college preparatory cohort which now I think back in retrospect considering how um the racial makeup of my school I was like damn it was only like maybe 10 of us but the racial makeup of our school is heavily black. So why only like 10 of us was in this college preparatory um, class or in that in that cohort? But I had my first interracial dating experience when I went to college. Um, and it was like, wow, this is really nice. But I also was heavily invested into dating black men as well. Of course, hey, my father is black, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But black men weren't checking for me like that either. The, right? Listen, it's they not checking, checking for you, peace. For, it's not checking for you, peace. They're not they checking. Ain't checking for me. They weren't checking for me like that. Mm -hmm. Because keep in mind, aesthetically, I wasn't what they wanted. I was the chubby, smart girl right so they weren't really checking for me i'll go to college i started dating interracially probably not as serious but i did have my first two interracial experiences in college and i was like it would kind of really seal the deal like okay i want to really open myself up as i grow right um i dated this guy we had a great date um we went our separate ways but we was gonna date again but he ended up reaching out to me he said I had another date with someone else which was fine he's like I really like her and I want to see what that is going and I just didn't want to string you along or for you to be disappointed but I wanted to tell you first you do sir <laughs> 
but it was the thought behind that yeah i mean not this not whatever but hey i did meet somebody else and i really like her but i also wanted to be man be a man and tell you this right be a man and tell you this and as i got older and courtney can attest to this I really put my all because what I found, particularly as I developed in my career, I got to meet people. I got to travel. You want to know who was checking for me and who wouldn't mind telling me they was checking for me when I finally had to learn their language of checking for me were not black men. This and and which I do also want to say about the, the interracial dating. I have dealt with a lot of racism a lot of it, <laughs> so much racism, um, and it's not easy. And and being in uh, right now in the relationship that I'm in right now, they don't want to admit it, but the shit that goes on, it, it's it's racist behavior. <laughs> like it is, it is absolutely uh, microaggressions at every turn, and it's hard for me to be that lone black voice in saying hey this is some fucked up shit you guys are doing and have it be validated because there's no other black people here there's no other there's my family's not here and there are no quote unquote witnesses for me that are on my side that are like you know listening in or seeing out from you, you know uh firsthand the shit that's going on and people don't want to admit it. They will like gaslight the fuck out of you. And you'll be like, oh, so there's, you know, there's the ups and the downs of the interracial dating. And the shit takes, it takes just as much work, I think, um, as any other relationship. And it's like, you got to put all that fucking care in, like the, all the emotional labor, all of it, all. There's no rest for the wicked up in here <laughs> and so um what struck me a lot even during my dating times in high school it was a lot of you know oh I'm not the girl you take home to your mom though you know even though we were dating interracially they it was like oh it was very rare that I would meet somebody's mom and then the ones that I did meet their moms, like I'm fucking friends with them to this day. <laughs> we're not dating anymore, but we're still friends. You know what I mean? Like we're still, we still know each other. We still like can communicate and we still are like homies and stuff. So it's not like, oh, I was just blown off. No, it was things didn't work out with us just in general. And we moved on and it was, it was fine. But like if I got to meet their family, um, which was rare. If I got to meet their family, we still talk today. So, like, that's that that's really kind of a crazy. <laughs> that's a crazy thing. So, because for for the longest time, like, I don't think a lot of people realize is like this shit was against the law. <laughs> like, it was actually against the law. Loving versus Virginia. Um, what was it? Um, Seventy that a interracial marriage became legal. Yeah, and 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 we don't burn that shit off as fast as folks think we do, um, because again, still like even when I'm out with my kids, you know that little high yellow one, uh, folks be like, "Are you the nanny?" 
I'm her mama. You see my whole ass face on her face. You better quit playing with me. Last face. My whole ass face is on her face. <laughs> look closely. Look. Like, all you got to do is look. And, but they don't do that to their dad. They don't do they don't do that to him or i've heard one story about somebody asking if my son is my color my complexion uh, maybe a little darker that some man said hey his mom must be black but that's about it like there's no nobody's looking at him sideways when he's got his kids with him like i it's always like somebody's looking at me side oh these your kids oh Mm. no an older white lady had stopped my mom one day in the grocery store she was in there with my niece and was basically asking my niece if she knew the lady that she was with assuming that my mother had kidnapped right like it'd be like that like them old white women would be on their bullshit regularly and oh uh they they want to touch the hair and they want to you're like a little unicorn oh let me look at it let me look it over. And I'm like, we in this in the year of 20 and 23. When are we going to be done with this? Oh, baby, it's, <laughs> over. it's just a, like, when just are we going to be done with this? And then, and you know, somebody's doing this colorism bullshit with my daughter. And I'm like, listen, she is Hispanic and Black. Like, and also a list of other things, too. But those two main components right there, you she gets both she's both things she's both things she's black and she's also hispanic and i keep up the culture for her i keep up both cultures for both of them i make sure that they have access to these things and so so that they're not left out and they're not skating and they're not on the fence and they yeah they got a code switch absolutely all the time they got a code switch have the phone switch all the time so you know the little one has her little box braids right now and folks just they're losing their shit about it they're like oh my god oh you can do that to your hair oh oh, oh." stop stop her mama is black let me ask you about the interesting question because it came up um just popped up for me um in the situations where you have found yourself dating a man that was other was there ever a feeling or a level of competition? No. Ooh, Not competition. Ever. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I know exactly. You know what I'm saying, right? I, I mean, exactly like competition when we're talking about on an intellectual level or just in exactly. life, just period. Like, I know exactly what she means. Um, Ooh. I know exactly what she means. And for my experience, I would say no for my experience. And I have definitely, um, I will date the rainbow. I do believe in having those experiences. I dated the rainbow. It is ironic. I'm sitting here and I'm going back to a conversation when I had in graduate school with one of my peers. And at that time, I remember saying, she's a black woman, totally pro-black love, all about black men. I said to her, we was out to dinner, her and I, and I'm talking about a date I had gone on. and. Um, who I was dating at that time and he was just really good I he was really good and when I say really good I hate at the time I wasn't ready for what he was ready for um when I say the ability to listen and extract information and put it into action and surprise me with it 
was ongoing. Like, I know we had a conversation about favorite restaurants, like maybe a month earlier. And then I get surprised. Hey, what are you doing? You got a cute little dress. Put a cute little dress on. Hey, I'm going to come pick you up. Let's go for a ride. We're pulling up to one of my favorite restaurants in Atlanta. So, and I remember talking to her and saying, I've never been treated so well in dating until I started dating non-melanated men. And I will also throw this in when I start dating non-Black American men, Africans, Caribbeans, that were born and raised in that culture. The level of care they extended to me, the level of taking care of me, the level of you're my woman, I'm with you. Just, I just can absolute, I was dating an African once. It was coming up on Valentine's. He's in Texas seeing his kids. That motherfucker got a early flight back just to take me to one of my favorite restaurants I had talked about. And I'm kind of griping because at times I was like, I don't know. And People was like, y'all booed up. No, y'all covered. He flew back for Valentine's Day and took you out. What are you talking about? I was like, no, I think we we're just dating. We're just friends right now, you know, because of that, that, that statement goes back to a couple of things. My worth or my self-worth that I had developed through the, the Black male gaze. Not to expect those things. This part. Not to expect those things. So I just don't want to say non-melanated men, I want to make a very distinction, uh, a huge distinction here. I date non-American Black men that operate in a different level. So what Courtney is talking about, because one of a very long-term relationship that I did have, we dated in our early 20s, when we both had nothing, nothing. We both had nothing. And just like the way life worked out, it looked like I was accumulating or moving quicker, right? And he was accumulating just a little slower, but that's just life. It wasn't a competition for me. Oh, you damn right it was a competition. I just didn't realize it was a competition. And I thought the main frictions of our relationship came from that internal competition that he was in competition with me. Yeah. I was never in competition with him. So yeah. what Courtney is speaking about, and then just recently, uh, I was really dating. Of, I'm a. I'm trying black man. I'm I'm dating everybody. You know, like God started dating this guy. He hit the qualifiers because I'm a nerd. He's a nerd. The nature of our relationship changed the very first time he came to my Washington D.C. condo. You damn right. Competition plays. Um, I have found it plays with American Black men. When yeah. I am with others, it does not play. It's so interesting. When I am with others, I am, I am put at ease and I absolutely fall completely into my femininity. It is such a lovely experience. It's such mm -hmm. a lovely experience to just show up all woman. Yeah. So and I know to you answer the question <laughs> from divulging what you like, what you're interested no, in, don't. you don't hold yourself back from showing your intellect. Like it's, there's no dimming of your shine. No. And there are times, I know the majority of the men that I have dated, I know I probably made more money than them, but you know it. 
so then to answer your question, no, I don't. There is no competition. There's no, you know, I mean, competition in the sense that I need to have or do or be more than I am already. It's like they recognize what they, what I am, who I am yeah. already. There's no, I don't have to prove it. They just see. It's just, it's, it's, it's just there. It's, it's obvious and it's appreciated, honestly. More it's often than not, as an asset. It's more on, more often than not, it's appreciated. But you know, you do get those those uh, you know stragglers in there who just want to fetishize uh, black women, Absolutely. which you know they're all over these dating apps all the time. Absolutely. You know, and when they start talking that shit, you know who they are, right? Immediately. Immediately, you know who they it, are. Oh, especially when they say it oh. sounds like uh, brown sugar. It sounds like oh, you oh, I just want to get you. You know, you so chocolate and you so this and you so that. Listen, fool, we ain't got time for that. We ain't got time for that. Or when they say, you know, you'll be the first black girl. Ah, red flag. Girl. I don't want to be the first black anything. No, I won't. Stop talking to me. I won't be the first. Please one. stop. Please go I find some other willing I black won't. lady to do this for you. It ain't me though. <laughs> it ain't me though like and I don't want to be your only black friend I don't like you know uh going back to that part with dealing with adversity in interracial relationships so when you're dealing with their family members or you're dealing with you know other people with motherfucking problems um it's so difficult because again you have to be the you're 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 the uh, beacon for all other black people and your behavior is the standard so it depends on who you are and what situation you end up in but usually it's i'm breaking the stereotype always it's all they always have this stereotype of what a black woman is or isn't and when I come through and I tear that shit to the ground, they're just like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. I and don't know what to do with that. You can't talk to me like that. You can't, you can't homegirl me. You can't nigga me. You can't, because <laughs> I will, because hey, I'm call you. We're going to snap back on that shit. Mm-mm, don't do that. And part of the reason, of course, there are societies to blame for the preconceived um, ideas about black people in general. But also when we have movie makers who put out or have built a career or built an industry, their empire off the caricature of black women. Yeah. And so it's this pervasive caricature and it's not just building an empire. We have reality shows that, that are not reality. I need people to understand it. They are not reality. They are curated. They are heavily curated. They are edited to show a different thing or to show what they want to show, to push whatever they want to show. And so you're fighting. When I say you, Black women, we're out here. We have to fight against that inherent stereotype and to be ourselves because that is just can be an aspect of black women can be but it's not all oh for sure but we're not it you know but one size fits all we to all we you know we we're very diverse <laughs> even among the diaspora yeah even though we all have these connecting motifs these connecting themes with these connecting uh culture those cultural pieces that are very connected for us you know you all three of us can tell a story and we could 
recognize the thread and we could pick it up and be like, yep, this happened in my house too. Because, you know, boo-boo the fool them, ain't your little friend them. <laughs> like, you, if you breathe wrong, you about to get popped. You gonna get that church pinch on the back of your arm. You gonna get popped in the head with that Bible. Why they <laughs> so, that part, that tender part too. Ah. Uh, Ah, you know, you know what I'm saying. So, so I mean, again, that's it, like that, that. But also, like you know, that's the shit I hate the most about interracial dating. It's the shit I hate the most about, um, you know, I have to explain a lot of things to my partner, and then therefore, I, like, I have to wait for him to explain it to his folks, which you know sometimes doesn't happen. And even if it does happen, they don't get it. It doesn't sit in there. It does it because it's not, you know, I would never, but you did. So here we are. It's and the gaslighting. Of it's the gaslighting. And so I would say that's the really tough part about interracial dating is the racial part of it. <laughs> like the, the racial part that. of it. While, you know, your partner may not be experiencing that racial aggression or the microaggressions or whatever, or what have you. Um, it definitely can drive a wedge between your relationship. It definitely does drive a wedge between your relationships. I can, I can count on both hands how many times I've been like, you know what, y'all drive me to this point where I'm gonna be like, fuck this shit. And I'm gonna get real black up in here. And y'all ain't you know? ready. And y'all ain't ready for that. So, you know, like I'm viewed as their docile Negro. So house Negro. You know, you the, the docile Negro. Yeah. So she she don't she ain't finna fly off the handle, but baby, listen. No, this <laughs> is she ain't one of them types. She ain't one of them types, but she is one of them types. She really so is. She, Ooh, she really, she really is. is. <laughs> please, please, I beg of you. Do not test me because this is a test you will absolutely fail. Confession time, like that was one of the, <laughs> which is not gonna say it shouldn't have been, but that was one of the biggest aspects that endeared me to D. Is that <laughs> she was 100% honest in her anger and a okay with her anger, and more importantly, she was gravy on whatever wrath anyone was about to catch that had earned it. Like, there was peace with that. It wasn't, no, uh, I remember one of the first questions I was like, Um, so what do you think about karma? Oh, karma is not, and then she just goes into this whole diatribe, and I'm like, okay. All right, like she is the true epitome, the true embodiment of I'd rather for you be pissed off than for me to be pissed off. Every time I see somebody with a podcast, especially a black man, I just really want to say, y'all need to really worry about getting your money up instead of trashing black men, women to lower their standards to meet your ass in the dirt. Get your money up. Take that same energy and that same fire you're turning internally, light your fuse and dig yourself out the goddamn mud and holler at me when you on my level. While you're here complaining, while you're here demonizing black women for every damn thing, like now I don't even say single mothers. I love to say fatherless children. Fatherless children. That's a word. No, you're right. It is a word because, you know, I 
was a fatherless child. You know, I grew up that way. My father and I, our, our relationship was very tumultuous. It was back and forth. And then, um, you know, he hurt me so many times, like just so many times. He never fought for me. Um, so, and, and the same with my brother, he has hurt me deeply. Like I have taken care of him, gone to AA meetings with him, made, you know, trying to take care of his mental health, got him out of jail, <laughs> you know, several times. So like, I, I and and the the, the very the, the little care that I have received from both of these men, the breadcrumbs, if you will, the breadcrumbs, the breadcrumbs of like here, this is just enough to remind Keep you, you that we're back. related. Keep you coming back, and you should love me. Hoping for the whole bread pudding. Hoping for the whole smorgasbord. Hoping to be fed, hoping to be loved, hoping to be cared for. None but in of return, them. I get you hoping your to be protected. But instead, you are absent. You have every excuse for why you're absent. You're emotionally abusive. You're emotionally dysfunctional. Yeah. You know, like the whole, like that whole thing. And again, they've shown me what to look for as far as red flags for myself. This is a red flag for me. If you can't be emotionally present for me, that's a red flag, homie. I'm not going to do any work to get you together in hopes that you will figure out that I'm worthy of your love. And everything you just said, it just really clicked and made me realize and understand how I've divulged to you guys before that, you know, Teresa's got me hooked on TLC. <laughs> and one of the other shows that I started getting hooked on again or hooked on was Sister Wives. And I was immediately able to hone in and identify with what his strategy was he being Cody and his strategy was to he withholds his emotions affection. He, he withholds affection when he's pissed at a wife and what you were just saying the you know black men whether they know or realize it or not that is like their go-to is to emotionally freeze you out mm -hmm. and that shit is a form of fucking abuse it is emotional. It is an abuse. You it's drop, neglect. Your, it is your neglect. situation it might not with be exactly that you're hitting me, that you you were hollering and punching holes in walls and shit like that. I almost rather you did that because then I just know. Listen, <laughs> we've been wrong out here on the sidewalk. Right. Uh, <laughs> but also, you know, like where are we at? Where are we at? You never know where you're at. You never know where you stand. You never know, like you know what did I do did I do something wrong did I like not show up enough so it's that's again that's the gaslighting piece of it that is subtle it's not out forthright it's exactly that silent treatment that stonewalling that uh you you know and that's I'm, like the those the first human ex the first human experience Teresa had of this season 
Yeah. You know, we had such high hopes. I and hope then such when high hopes. Mother, when he started with drawing and pulling back, and I saw I immediately, like, and I was like the biggest cheerleader of it. And as yeah. soon as he did that, I pulled back, I stopped. There was no support on my end. Teresa was still like, you know, I'm not going to immediately cut it off. I'm going to see where it's going. And like, I was like, there was. There was nothing because I see what you're and doing. And I think I went another, I can specifically know I went another eight days, guys. And the reason I went another eight days, he had expressed to me, we was we had an argument. We discussed the argument. It was done, right? It was done in my book. I thought it was done in his book as well. Um, but he didn't like what I had to say. And part of that, what I had to say was um I'm a grown ass woman I'm gonna do what the fuck I want to do period and I'm never gonna ask you for permission for anything and let me just go ahead and give Deion Sanders a shout out for the most famous statement that he has ever made in the recent weeks um I don't care what you think about me you didn't make me you didn't break me what matters is what I think about myself. This part. And in that onus also, because who I was dating, let's just say on paper, he was the black man for you. On paper, he was close in my salary. We're both six figures. On paper, he's smart. He's intelligent. He's attractive. He's no kids. He didn't want kids. I didn't want kids. On paper, it was great. But also, he thought he was the prize. He thought he is the one that should be chased and should be, I should be humbling down. And he just didn't Ooh. like what I had to say. He didn't Come like on, little mama. Say. <laughs> little mama, and I'm so, not going to chase you. I'm not going <laughs> to. You, but as we're leaving after we had our little powwow, and and reason I know he wasn't um, feeling what I had to say, he told me during that conversation. He literally backed up. He was like, "Wow, I didn't expect this conversation to go this way." I said, "What way you expect did it go? You thought I was gonna apologize and fall on my sword and beg for your forgiveness?" I was like, "That's not what's gonna happen," you know. But we're leaving, and he was like, please text me. Don't stop texting me. Okay, cool. I text you. You're being very dry with me. And so I shot uh, an email um, to him. Um, and I'm an email girl. All of the ex, um, examples in my life, and I'm saying it's not it's men but it's boyfriends but it's examples of what not to do. Um, furthermore, in my future, when I'm done, done, babe, I'm going to write you a synopsis. Oh, when I'm knocking on the door of done, done, because I like for you, I don't want to debate with you. So we lose our points because we can gaslight and trying to manipulate or try to change the situation or another topic comes into play. I like to write letters. So my emails are in the forms of a four page love letter because I'm going to highlight and I want you to be able to go back and review listen also too if you can't interrupt a letter that part you cannot interrupt a letter with your nonsense and fuckery i personally love to receive letters myself because i do i will interrupt you 
I will interrupt you. <laughs> I will. I'm going to write y'all a letter and I'm going to mail it. You know, please. I'm writing letters. Yes. Please. Even though we I talk do. all the time. I'm going Even time. though we talk every damn day, I do. I love letters. I love like, and, and I love the thought of, of really telling somebody um, because I think about things. I think about them deeply. And before I write it down, you know, I'm not going to write no nonsense down. I'm not just going to write like, yeah. you know, this is, this is my spell work here. Yeah. You need to know exactly what I'm talking about. You need to know just how much I care about you. I how care I enough to put these words down here for you. How What's the name of that Stevie next letter? Hey. Stevie Nick. What's the song? I always call it Silver Springs. The love that. Okay, <laughs> and Silver Springs, if anyone, if you're not a Fleetwood Mac fan out here, you would probably not know necessarily what we're talking about, but Stevie Nitz and the head guitar, um, Richard, I can't think of his last name, they dated for years, for years, while she headed up the band, they broke up. It was messy. They broke up. She wrote Silver Springs that was released in the late 70s that on her own first solo album, nobody really picked it up. But when Fleetwood Mats, when Fleetwood Mats did a reunion tour, I think it was either 1996, 97. That was the first time that she performed that song with And them. it's the most ratchet shit ever because he got and to play the, the motherfucking bass or whatever the fuck it. he over there playing. And sing it and back she, to her. And sing it back. And it was such an intense moment because when she hollered at him, was I just a fool? Like, it was, she was talking to him. I wrote this about you. My heart was broken. You told me she was hurting. You told me she loved you. I don't want to hear that. But you will never get away from me. You'll never get away from the voice of the woman that loved you. You ain't never. She wasn't playing. And, well, and, well, and and everybody know. I think most of the people who listen to this, they know, they know how Stevie Nicks rolls. Stevie Nicks, that's the witchiest bitch ever. She the witchiest witches, bitch on the motherfucking planet. And you don't fuck with witches, okay? Don't do it. Do not fuck with people with spiritual gifts. I don't care what your thoughts are on. Please don't. Please whether don't. they exist or not but let me tell you something especially the ones that call ourselves love and light and you, you gonna play with me light until that shit turn dark on you and Baby. you are, don't have a clue you don't know why your hair falling out in the shower <laughs> so as d has said you can't figure <laughs> out why you just can't nail this dating thing you can't figure it out why your money is not funny Oh, when we withdraw our magic from you. Why you can't stop thinking about her? Why you can't stop thinking about her? Why she's your only thought until you die? As Tom you Brady, may never see her face again, but you ain't never going to forget hmm. Hmm. As Tom Brady, how his very last season went when his wife separated from him. Listen, Giselle, we already, she we already her dedicated power. an episode to Giselle. At, at, and as, I'm going to go I ahead could, and dedicate another one to Shakira. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Who just released a damn solo song? She featured the nanny and she's giving nanny the royalties. Why did she feature the nanny? Because the nanny is the one that put her on game that old boy was cheating. Was cheating. Old boy fired the nanny when Shakira was out of town. Shakira rehired the nanny, paid her her back wages, and just put her in her video of her new song and giving her royalties out of the new song. 
because we take care of one another girl power because we take care of one another and like motherfuckers be out here playing they be out here playing and and you know as courtney has said (laughs) i'm perfectly fine it's enough fuckery and foolishness going on to the not all men crowd that make all y'all look suspect as fuck I've only seen two black men defend Roe being hit in the head with a brick by the black man, but continue. Okay, let's let's talk about this for just a moment because I don't think people know. I was just telling the, the spouse about this. Now, there's a video out there. There's a woman who claims that she said no to a man. She didn't want to give him her phone number there was a crowd of men around this particular man whom she told no picks up a brick and hits her in the face with it and on the video you could see her face swollen and and like looking like she has just been beat in the face with a brick and nobody has done anything there's nobody showing concern in the video there's nobody asking to help her nothing and there are plenty of people around. No one stopped this man from hitting her in the face with a brick and and take it away. <laughs> no one stopped her. They called her liars when it first came out. Well, guess what? NBC picked up the damn story. And it was about the strife between Black men and Black women. Right? NBC wrote a whole last article about it. Guess what? They done found the police report. They done found the hospital report. Um, shout out to those women, those pit means too, who got up on, dis- uh, who were being disciplined, those nurses who accessed her medical information just to prove her wrong. And now they're being disciplined because they pick means and shit. Because let me talk about them fucking pick means in a minute. I'm going to get on their asses right now before I get on somebody else's, before I continue to get on black men. Them fucking pick means. Y'all out here upholding this shit. You out here upholding this shit, just hoping and praying they will pick you and they never pick you. Or if they pick you, they pick you last. And now you want to say, you know, um, let's get married. Get the fuck out my face with that. You know, there are just as many women in this world who are invested in keeping women behind the eight ball just for the approving glaze of the male figure. Dude went on a podcast and cop to being the person who hit he her in the head with the brick. And she confirmed that is the person. So he too has admitted to what he did. But getting back on track, as D said, after the human experience, we ain't even really talk about dude. So my friend hits me Thursday night. I think I wake up Friday morning to a text talking about, I think I ran into, I think I saw so-and-so last night. <laughs> when I was like, out. I, yeah, I think I saw so-and-so last night and I wasn't sure if it was him, you know, looks like he didn't grow a full beard, you know, but I, I think it was him. And when I finally was like, fuck it. I'm going to go say hello. As the motherfucker turned away from her. And when I tell you, I am dying as I read the text. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, I was about to be like, that was such a bitch move. But then I was like, 
But shit, bitch, I just remembered about the letter. The email, like, <laughs> when I remembered the email, like, the email was so epic. It was like, I wasn't even mad. He's still healing from it. Bro, like. listen, though. This is one thing I can't abide by, though. It's one thing I cannot abide by is being in close connection with somebody and then they get out in the streets and act like they don't know you. That is the most immature shit you can possibly do. You could tell me who you are in that one action you can tell me how to win against you you can tell me how to destroy you you tell me so much you you took the words out of my mouth particularly now that we are all in our 40s and as we know anything about um the physiology of women we hitting our prime we we in the stride right now 40 don't look like 40 did 30 years ago 50 don't look like 50 did 30 years ago you know what I'm saying women are really taking care of ourselves we are hitting our sexual peak we're hitting our sexual peak and uh, you hear a lot of this oh women hit the wall I haven't I haven't felt that because my age group to date honestly in all of this year I've only dated one person over 40 and I am having the time of my life, right? Absolutely right. having the time of my life. But to just go back, I want to piggyback because we did start this about interracial dating. Um, I tend to have the most time of my life with non-American Black men. I know it's going to be a lot of hate on that. Save the pitchforks. What I have seen my last two outings out and baby, I'm making my business to make eye contact with these young ladies. I'm making my business to smile. I'm making my business to comment on them. The black, young black women and got that memo because I've seen more non-black, more black women, young black women in my last two outings. I went out this week and I went out last week with non-melanated men out proud dating I'm talking about the night I went to the Library of Congress. I stopped counting at 27 couples. Which is I, lovely. It was, again, I am so proud in terms of it's already a small pool, right? Well, but that, and it's 2023, goddamn. Been having a thought lately. And Ayana, a, a past guest on our show, who was my roommate in college, she has said it to a man can't leave me nowhere. A man can have a VIP ticket to the pearly gates of God. And I'd be like, thank you, no, thank you. Because can't nobody fucking leave me nowhere. I am the captain of my faith. I am the captain of my ship. I do what the hell I want to do. And I don't, and I have a brain. And that's 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 the really that's the real kicker in it. I think the more intelligent you are, the harder it is for you to be manipulated, the harder it is for you to be abused, the harder it is for you to be taken advantage of. But I mean, they do try it. Oh, they try it all the time. They try it, folks. And and depending on who you are and where you at in your lifetime, shit, you might even let them let them. It's been a couple of relationship coaches, men, and I actually gave them credit in the last couple of weeks. You've seen a couple of TikToks that have said, you know, the more um, intelligent a woman is, wait, more single women are highly intelligent. Why? It's not that they think they are better than you. They have just developed the skill set and the mindset. They see through your bullshit real quickly and they don't give time to it. 
So taking all of the information that I have, I don't spend time with. And when I say my ex, it was a beautiful human experience for six and a half weeks. It was absolutely beautiful for six and a half weeks. The two weeks sucked. And guess what? The last two weeks sucked. And I chose not to stay there. Because if this is what you need from me in order for you to participate in this relationship, and he did what Cody did, you withdraw affection. And you think withdrawing affection was going to get compliance, it will with another man. It will with somebody else, shit. It will with me. another man. You, you can go on about your business. I you don't give a fuck. And I wish you best because I'll uh, look a blueprint of how you You better hope I ain't wishing boils pop up on your ass. That's you better, what you better I had, You better be glad I pulled her. But you can absolutely get the fuck on about your business. Like, and that, and it doesn't even matter. Like, I, I just, at this, at this juncture, when you risk your life to have children, and speaking as a black woman, it is a risk. risk. Your life. It is a risk. It is a risk. It's a life and, life and death situation every single time. Every single time. Every time. And when people don't appreciate that, they minimize it. They sweep the shit under the rug. And well, you didn't die, did you? Well, here's the deal. I got a lot of shit that I got to unpack surrounding all of the births that I've had. My body is just now, just now, the youngest is eight, just now starting to feel like a normal human being. Just now. I love when men say, well, women have been given childbirth all these years. And I yeah, say absolutely have. Too. And, and we've women been, been dying, too. We've also they've been, been dying, dying for the shit, too. All these years. They've been and dying. in the year of 20 and 23, who has the highest mortality rate among birthing bodies? Mm. It is Black, Black women. women. Black women. And let me add this caveat. The higher the education, the higher your risk goes up that you would die in childbirth. Why? Because you looked up as an uppity Negro. I really need people, men, to look at the things that you're requiring from your significant other. And if you are requiring her to do things that are quote unquote in the masculine, then what comes with that is expectations. Because if she's paying the cost to be the boss, it's hard to submit. Listen, like I'm out here raising these goddamn kids 100% of the time, 100% of the time I am doing and living the dream of many people around here who wish they had more time with their kids. I built that shit into my life because I said, I'm not giving my kids time to anyone else. The cost of that for me isn't about money. It's about my goddamn soul. And your children. About your children. Me having to show up regardless of what I'm going through every single day to make sure that these children are educated, to make, make sure that they are fed, make sure that they are well-adjusted emotionally, to make sure I'm doing 100% of the emotional labor for my children. This part. If y'all can't come with more than I got right now. Shit. I- on it what she just said was her light bill is paid so on that <laughs> note we are going to go ahead and uh yeah close it out so thank you <laughs> for joining us <laughs> listen we up in the temple today because like the shit was lit we out here on fire and shit we embodying the dragon once again um <clears throat> 
remember like follow share on instagram we are the underscore pleasure temple please visit us drop us a line whatever you want to do uh but don't come at us with no bullshit because you know again if you ain't heard it once you're gonna hear it again you will get cut <laughs> so, talk about your opinion and i don't and i don't and i don't give a fuck like if your feelings <laughs> is hurt you need to go take it up with your therapist baby get one two 